Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Hello, this is Dr. Jennifer Conzin, and you're listening to The Art of Intimate Marriage on KBright. And we have been, in the last few broadcasts, discussing some of the physiological dysfunctions that happen in the sexual relationship. We started with low desire and the different effects that has on a relationship and how to deal with it. We then talked about female vaginal pain, well, female sexual pain. And today we are going to talk about erectile dysfunction. You can go back and listen to those previous broadcasts on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage, where they are recorded there. And then if you want more information in a much slower fashion, go ahead and go grab my book, The Art of Intimate Marriage, and you can slowly read through it. I am going to pile you on some more information today on erectile dysfunction. However, I just want to set the stage with understanding a couple different things. It is definitely in the scriptures, God's intention that sexuality be pleasurable. When men experience erectile dysfunction, when they have a difficult time getting, becoming erect, obtaining erect, erection, or when they have a challenging time maintaining erection, meaning they'll become erect, but then they lose it quickly or they lose it before they reach ejaculation and orgasm. When that happens, it definitely affects the overall experience that a man has of enjoyment of sexuality. They don't get to reach orgasm, and that's a bummer. There's a huge amount of disappointment that's, in, that's connected to sexual dysfunction for men, uh, to orgasm, to how things, when th things go well, sex is very enjoyable. When they don't, it really makes things challenging. And so men will sh share with me regularly how the anxiety around their erection and their ability to maintain it and reach orgasm really affects their level of enjoyment when they're engaging sexually. The ability for a man to become erect and to stay erect is, for most men, very tied in to their view of themselves as a male, to their view of their own masculinity. And let me tell you, I have heard people make negative comments about that. Like, you know, it's not all about your penis or it's not all about sex. And that demeans just the very real emotional response that men have when it comes to their sexual performance. Now, yes, can men become uh, more at peace with the challenges that they're having physiologically, biologically, and so on? Yes, they can. And will um, dealing with their anxiety be helpful? Yes, it will. One of the biggest things that I do when I'm working with couples and with men is help them to lower their anxiety around their erectile dysfunction. But sometimes it's not just lowering the husband's anxiety. Sometimes I'm very much working on lowering the wife's anxiety. And that can be tied to the fact that when he isn't erect, she's thinking negative things like there's something wrong with her, that she's not performing well, or that he's not attracted to her, or is he doing something else sexually? So women can have a lot of uh, their own emotional responses around uh, their husband's inability to maintain or obtain an erection. 
Well, where does this fit in the context of what we understand in the scriptures? God definitely teaches us, and I I mentioned this even in the previous broadcast. In 1 Corinthians 7, uh, Paul (laughs) says, you know, hey, you should all stay unmarried like me, but if you can't, then you can get married. And if you get married, the reason why you should stay single is because then the husband has to, you know, pay attention to pleasing his wife. And the wife needs to pay attention to pleasing her husband. And then he goes into detail on the sexual relationship in 1 Corinthians 7. Well, when that when you apply that to specifically the sexual relationship, God does intend sex to be pleasurable. And so when men experience erectile dysfunction, they will often say that their enjoyment of sex is greatly affected. So there, yes, there are a lot of different things that we can do, and we're going to talk about them to treat erectile dysfunction. But the first thing is just validating that it is okay to say that you want to get help with your erectile dysfunction because it's affecting the level of pleasure that you're experiencing in sex. Uh, clearly, the Bible talks uh, all kinds of lovely words about how sex should be experienced, and most of them are in terms of how the male responds to the female. As I said in the last broadcast, I think it applies to both the male and the female. But these words are a fire, a burning, an intoxication, a reeling, a satisfying. Uh, uh, Proverbs 5 says that that men are satisfied by their wife's breasts. So sex should be, and it is okay that you want it to be, satisfying. Now, can people have satisfying sexual interactions that don't include a complete erection, that don't include the ability to go to orgasm? I have worked with couples where... um, I worked with one couple where the husband had had a radical prostatectomy, and because of that, the nerves to his, the penile area were affected, and he was not able to reach erection, to have an erection. And so they were no longer having sex, and the wife was definitely feeling very discouraged. This comes in my office a bit, that when men begin having erectile dysfunction, they pull away for various reasons. Sometimes they're like, well, this is just how it is, so we're not having sex anymore. And they just, you know, aren't really bothered by it, and they just stop. Others are feel a lot of insecurity around the lack of erection or the challenge with it, and so they pull back. The reality is it it's important to talk about that sex should be satisfying and can a couple who can never have an erection again, can they enjoy and be satisfied by sex? They can. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on that today. Definitely if you were to look at the or listen to the sexual touch and the sensual touch broadcast done earlier, that's partially what I'm referring to. The reality is that most men, because they're so worried around their ability to maintain and obtain an erection, that it steals their satisfaction. So a big part of the work that I do is helping men to enjoy all the parts of sexuality so that the penis doesn't have the level of power and control that it has of enjoyment. Yes, men can still enjoy sexuality. And when the penis ebbs and flows, it's an ability to stay erect learning how to not have an anxiety reaction around that can definitely affect the level of pleasure and satisfaction that husbands experience. 
So what exactly is erectile dysfunction? Let's go into some of those explanations. In the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health, erectile dysfunction is described as a persistent or recurrent inability to attain or maintain until completion of the sexual activity an adequate erection. Now, men actually can ejaculate with a partial erection, but that persistent or recurrent inability to get there or keep it there is a, not, a part of the definition of erectile dysfunction. Also, if it causes distress and interpersonal difficulty. <laughs> so in other words, you will have husbands where they're not feeling distressed, but their spouse is, or they're not feeling distress and uh, neither is the spouse. And so they aren't concerned about erectile dysfunction. Often that's more a reflection of a couple that has lost a focus on the importance of intimacy, even in um, the later years. So what I generally uh, encourage people is that if it's not causing distress, that isn't necessarily a reason not to address the issue. So that's what erectile dysfunction is. It's very associated with uh, desire and arousal. There are times where desire is low for men, so it affects their ability to even uh, come to an erection. And some men have an overall challenge with arousal when they have different illnesses, if they're under high anxiety in their life, it absolutely affects erect. So what's happening in your heart and your brain, how you're feeling, what you're thinking does affect erection. Erection is initially controlled by the lower spine. What that means is when you go in and see a doctor and he takes that mallet and knocks your knee with it and your knee just kicks right up, that's the knee jerk response, right? That's literally initially how erection works, that a man will look at something, think something, touch something, brush, brush up against something, imagine something, you know, a thought, a feeling, and boom, erection happens. That's not tied in yet to the upper, to the, to the brain. It's tied into only the lower spine. It is a knee-jerk reaction. That initial erectile response is just like that knee-jerk reaction. It's controlled by the lower spine. And then after that, the brain gets involved and affects the ability to continue being erect and so on. And then the other parts of the body can become involved as well. But initially, because this comes up where wives will be quite bothered by the fact that their spouse will have an erectile response when they see a quick picture that flashes across the screen and they'll get very angry and upset. But that initial response, obviously the second look, the continuing to look at something, that's that's an important choice that every male has to make um, as far as impurity. But that initial response of erection is literally created by God. I, I tell when I'm, when I'm teaching even young men and women, when I do workshops, I explain, have you ever thought a thought, felt something, read something, watched a movie, and your vagina starts throbbing or your penis becomes hard and the whole crowd goes, ah, I can't believe you're saying that. Well, I use this even with single people to discuss arousal and how it works and the blood flow, that it's an automatic response and actually God created it. And a lot of the time, I do work with religious men who have worked so hard on purity that they've clamped down on that initial response. They, they start to notice some arousal responses and they shove it down mentally 
and they try to shut it off physically because I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And it is a somewhat a misunderstanding of, well, actually, that erectile response is created by God. It's kind of cool. Whether it's in the vagina for women or whether it's in the penis for men, God created these blood vessels to go to the body to get it erect, both in the female vulva and in the male penis, that those tissues fill with blood and the, the, the tissues become erect and it's preparing the body for sex. Okay, so arousal is natural, normal, given by God. So what I encourage even um, those who are trying to stay pure and they're trying to not be aroused when they're not with their spouse, to remember that arousal does happen. And women, it's important to remember this too. Arousal does happen. And when you notice it, go, wow, (laughs) God made my vagina. God made my penis. My penis is becoming erect. Wow, God's plan for my body is so fascinating. Now I'm going to decide what to do with that. So you can either decide to pursue it by saying, hey, honey, you want to go play? Or you might be somewhere where that's not a possibility or she's not well or you've got this erectile response and there's just not something you can do. Then you might go take that walk. You might call a friend. You might, when when you see a picture that you don't want to look at a second time, but that response happens, go, well, there's my body responding. And now what do I do with it? I'm going to, and men will often say they'll distract themselves. They'll think about their wives and what they might do later that day. But it's important to realize that that clamping down response to the erect, the natural re, uh, reaction of the body can be problematic in and of itself. Accepting erection helps erection. Now, what we do with it afterwards is then, for those who are Christians, decided by their beliefs and their values. So where do we go from there? Well, if a couple is having erectile dysfunction in their sexual relationship, meaning they want to be erect, but it's not happening very well, like we've talked about earlier, what do we do with that? So I'm going to go over some of the treatments and so on. But before I do that, let me explain uh, what this broadcast is about and some other places that you can go to get further support. You can go on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage, and there's all kinds of information on there. There's a blog, there's other videos. This whole series of broadcasts is recorded there. You can also go buy my book. There's a link there. It's on Amazon, The Art of Intimate Marriage. I'm loading you with information. Go and read it slowly so that you can take it in. You can also um, support this ministry. This is a listener-supported program. We need your help in keeping this ministry on the air. If this is helping you and helping others, there's a link on my website to go ahead and donate to The Art of Intimate Marriage program. So we have all kinds of different things to help you. You can, oh, by the way, you can also go and buy the cards that go along with my book. Those are also available. A link for them is also on the site on how to communicate around sex. And in fact, today is on erectile dysfunction and there are cards uh, in the art of it, in the intimate marriage cards that help couples talk about different physiological challenges that they're having. So Those are some things to consider. You can also send me questions because these broadcasts might be bringing up questions. You can send me an email at the uh, Jennifer Conzen, my name, at yahoo.com. So let's continue talking about, well, I said I was going to talk about treatment. I am going to talk about what are some of the 
challenges, what are some of the things that cause erectile dysfunction? There are individuals, this would be a, a more severe case where their spinal cord is affected. That's if they've been in some kind of severe accident uh, where there's been damage to the spinal cord or they've, they're, they're a war veteran that um, an explosion happened and it damaged their spinal cord. Why is that important? Well, the spinal cord takes the message from the genital tissues and nerves and sends it up to the brain. And the brain is what controls the rest of sexual response. So even individuals who have who have had a, a severed spinal cord, they do experience erection still uh, sometimes. So the because it's controlled by the lower spine initially, they will still experience erection and they can actually ejaculate and so on. However, the brain can be unaware because the brain is what controls the response to the physical sensation. It controls the ability to send different um, signals to the different parts of the body to continue erection or to send out different hormones. So the limbic system, which is in the center of the brain, it controls the sexual response after that initial response in the lower spine. So the other thing that can happen is if there is any kind of brain damage or any kind of genetic damage to the brain, any kind of illness that has affected the brain, or if there's been a stroke, if there's been damage to the limbic system, depending on exactly where the damage happens, that can also affect sexual functioning. So somebody that's been in a car accident, their sexual functioning, including erection, can be affected. Um, again, war veterans... Um, somebody that's a stroke victim, things like that. So it can, not only does it uh, uh, cause problems with erection, it can also cause problems with inhibiting and disinhibiting the sexual response. So, all right, why is all, so erection is quite a, quite a process. It involves the entire body in many ways. And it's important to sometimes even understand how erection works Think of the penis, first of all, as if it was a balloon. And think of it first as if it's, you know, one of those balloons that, um, that, that cl clowns will use. They'll blow them up and, and, or, or somebody at a party will use and they'll, they'll shape them into different animal characters. Well, think of the penis as one of those long, thin balloons and it's flat and it's limp, right? That's how it starts. Then as you inflate the balloon with just a little bit of air, it becomes elongated. And then as with more air, it becomes rigid. Well, it's not air that actually fills, obviously, the penis. It's blood, but it's the same idea. So the inflation starts. And then the, the penis uses, to stay erect, the penis uses pressurized blood, basically. And the, the different actual tubes like that are balloons that we're describing, there's there's a few different ones. There's the corpus cavernosum, which are the two large larger tubes, and the, the corpus spongiosum, which is another small tube that goes around the urethra. So the penis is actually made up of three separate balloon-like structures that fill up with blood. And so what supplies that blood? It's the arteries that come into the penis. And so therefore, when men have different... Um, blood pressure issues, different issues with their vascular system, it can affect their ability to remain, to obtain and maintain an erection. That Actually, if men are experiencing 
erectile dysfunction, the first thing I tell them is, have you gone into your doctor? It can be the first indicator of a heart problem. Why? Because the systems that cause the blood flow to the entire body and the heart are also the systems that create the blood flow to the penis. So all of those tubes, they get filled with blood and the penis, when it, when, when actually when it hasn't filled up, it's limp and erect. And then when the blood fills up and there are different valves that basically shut off, that keep the blood in, that's what causes erection. So when those arteries that are leading to the penis, what, what happens is they open up the arteries themselves actually relax to allow more blood to come in. And then the arteries contract or different parts of the arteries contract to keep the blood in. Well, the reason why I'm explaining that is because people always ask me, how exactly does Viagra work? In other words, it's the most common medication for erectile dysfunction. It's Well, it's the most common treatment for erectile dysfunction. And how does it work? It works with the mechanical parts of the veins that allow and keep the blood in. It's a PDE5 inhibitor. I'm not going to explain all what that means, but it allows the the function of the flap that keeps the blood in the penis to work correctly. And it doesn't work for all men because sometimes that flap isn't the reason why the blood flow isn't um, working. Some men have what you call venous leakage, meaning that Different areas of the veins involved in erection have some form of leakage, and so you have to do a specialized exam through a urologist or a sexual medicine specialist to see if you have venous leakage. There can be all that's just one, there can be a number of different factors that affect that blood flow. So, for some men, Viagra actually doesn't work. Uh, for most, most, mm, for many men, it does. So, what are the different treatments? out there. I just mentioned one, Viagra. However, for the longest time, Viagra came out in 98, but there, for, uh, gosh, centuries, the treatments were psychological, where you would go in and try to figure out, you know, the way you grew up and how it might be affecting things. Does that affect somebody's erection? It does. And that's why it's funny, when Viagra came out in 98, the sex therapy community thought they would no longer be having as many people coming to their office because now erection's been fixed, right? Well, actually, more people flooded into their offices because, boy, erection all of a sudden was fixed, but it revealed the fact that there were all kinds of underlying relational and sexual problems underneath the erectile issues. So erection is affected by a number of different things. And yes, it can be affected by someone's background. And so doing therapy for psychological treatment can be very beneficial. There can be social issues. When our culture says all men want sex and all men are, I'm just going to use a term that's out there, they're studs, they're sexual studs. All men are like that. All men are really good at performing sexually. When a male hears those messages and doesn't experience that like he hears everybody else does, those social messages, those societal messages can absolutely affect, again, his level of erectile response and his own anxiety around it. So what are some other areas of treatment? Definitely one of the biggest areas of treatment is working on sensual touch. This is from the work of Masters and Johnson, uh, well, and previous practitioners on what they call sensate-focused exercises. That's the ability to slow the whole process down, 
And I talked a bit about that um, when we discussed sexual touch. You can go back and listen to that broadcast. So sensate touch exercises, which is the slowing down and enjoyment of all the different forms of touch that happen during sexual interactions, are super beneficial to the process of enjoying touch and not worrying as much about whether the penis becomes erect or not. You can also engage in what they call stop-start technique or the squeeze technique. Those are two super common sex therapy techniques that have some research backing them up as well. One of the greatest things that I do with men is just to really work through their expectations and to lower their anxiety around it. You can definitely, in order to answer those anxieties, go see a medical specialist, go see a urologist or uh, a urologist that this is important, specializes in sexual issues or a sexual medicine specialist, which is always my my encouragement. I do have to tell you, there have been some crazy treatments through the years, um, through the centuries, through the millennia on erectile functioning. I just, I want to share a couple of them because they're funny. They, some of these are super old, thousands of years old. They would take baby crocodile hearts and rub them on the penis, or they would take beetles and crush them up and eat them, drink them, or they would take monkey testicles and lay them on the male testicles. And all of a sudden, I don't know why, but that animal testicle tissue would all of a sudden (laughs) work, right? Well, it's funny because basically testosterone, which is uh, what we now know biologically is happening, um, is a part of the issue on all uh, male species. They would take, this is my favorite, funniest one. They would take a tail of a green lizard. They would cut it off and crush it in their hand and then squish that onto the woman's vagina and have intercourse with her. So my guess is through the years, even now, there's all kinds of um, treatments, eating, all kinds of lovely things that are just scary to even talk about. There are all kinds of crazy treatments and they're still out there. Like you might be laughing as you hear these, but let me tell you, they are for sale in the stores and you find them on the internet. They don't They, yeah. So I wouldn't recommend them. They don't work very well. What I would recommend is go see a specialist, go get a medical checkup, go see a sex therapist to find out what other issues might be affecting your erectile dysfunction. Absolutely figure out if if there's biological things involved. And then you can honestly consider something simple like Viagra, Cialis, Levitra. Uh, There's a few more that have come out just recently. How are you going to know which one of these things you need? Go talk to somebody. Go get some help. Talk with a medical professional. Talk with a sexual therapist professional. Find out what you need for your challenges. So this is Dr. Jennifer Conzen with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Kanzen to address here on air, email her at jenniferkanzen at yahoo.com. Kanzen is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N, jenniferkanzen at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you, and if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kanzen's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. 
And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.